Let's get into the word today. I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about. Um, we are in a series. This is week three, week three of a uh, five-week series that we're dealing with, and it's entitled Hearing God. Hearing God. And uh, Jesus says something that just blows my mind. I'm going to open up the way I've been opening up because this to me just nails it as I begin. Jesus says something in the Bible that just blows my mind. In fact, in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says these words. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is what Jesus says. This is what he says. And again, this just blows my mind. Think about this with me just for a moment. That according to Jesus, there is this supernatural uh, inner reaction, uh, interaction between us and God. It would, be between, it would be between human and the divine. Think about it. Human and the divine. And it's almost always inaudible. Meaning, meaning that it's impossible to hear God through our, our ear gates. We're not hearing God this way, the way that I'm talking right now. And you're being so blessed by what I'm saying. But anyhow, it's, it's something that is in our ear gate. Um, the, the interaction that happens between us and God, it is an inaudible voice from the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who will drop a thought, who will plant or register a thought in our mind or in our heart about something that God wants to do for people who love Him, for people who are seeking after Him. And when that thought or that whisper comes to our minds, comes to your mind, to your heart, it's like, wow, man, where did that come from? Where did that thought just come from? How did I come up with that? I mean, I know me pretty good, and I'm not that smart. How did this happen? How did this, how did this take place? I had just dropped off a, a guest speaker who was with us for about a week. This is years ago. Uh, I dropped them off at the airport, and uh, as I was dropping them off, said our goodbyes, and I'm ready to pull from the curb, and all of a sudden I heard God speak to me, and God said to me, uh, take the throughway home. That's all he said. Take the throughway home. And, and for me, that meant normally what I would do is uh, jump on 81 North and get off and get on 481 and go around that way coming back into Baldensville. But God spoke to me. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do whatever he says. And uh, as he did, I jumped on Route 81 heading south. And about a mile down the road, right around Northern Lights, that area right there on the bridges, uh, right uh, down the road, there was a car pulled over. And it looked like two women were standing in the back of the car. And didn't understand, but I pulled over. And uh, as I pulled over, the two ladies let go of their hands. And I get out of the car, and, uh, and uh, traffic is flying by, all of that stuff. And uh, I get out of the car walking toward them, and the one woman said to me, Sir, I'm, I'm assuming you're a Christian. Well, not wanting to intimidate her in any way, I said, Yes, ma'am, not only am I a Christian, but I'm also a pastor of an Assembly of God church in Baldensville. And she said to me, she said, That is great, because... We were just praying that God would send us a Christian man because we have a flat tire. Wait, and, and then she says to me, she says, she says, I am the guest speaker of this woman's church for the women's ministry, and I've got about an hour and a half to get there, and, and I don't, we don't know how to change the tire. So guess what I got to do? I got to be an answer to prayer on that particular day. And it all happened when God just simply spoke to me and said to me, take the throughway home. And so I did that. Listen, I, I, I know that we've all heard of men and women who have done some of the most despicable things. And when the question would be asked them, why did you do this? They say, what did they say? God told me. God told me to do this, which is an absolute farce. 
It is not true whatsoever. I know, too, that there's enough cynicism out there uh, about God speaking to you that some people have taken this biblical idea of God speaking to his people, of God speaking to his people, where now the majority, a majority of people take this subject and put it in a lockbox, never to be seen by the light of day again. And all of them tend to agree with one another because um, talking to God, talking to God, that's just what crazy people do. Talking to God and God talking to us, that's just what crazy people do. I believe there are people all over this world who truly love God, but who would rather be put in the normal category of life. Normal category of life. So they, they don't like to talk about or even what the Bible has to say regarding the subject of God talking to us and we talking to God. And they don't dare to take a step of faith even when God, God uh, plants a thought within their mind or within their heart to do something good for another person or to do something good for God. They just want nothing to do with that. And it's all because they don't want to be numbered with those kind of people. This is what we're talking about today. We're talking about learning to hear God because God does speak to us. And when God speaks to us, man, it changes everything in our lives. Give me an amen if God has spoken to you. At 16 years old, I was a teenager, 16-year-old. I heard from God. I felt God. I experienced God. And all of that happened for me, and it changed my life completely. At 16 years old, I was, uh, 47 years ago, in case you're wondering, uh, I, it changed my life forever. And all of that happened in a small, really a small Roman Catholic church, and I've never been the same again. When God speaks to us, he changes our lives. Listen, whether you're a believer or a non-believer that is here today, you need to know, listen to me, God still speaks to us. God speaks to us. We think it's only back in these days that comes out of this book. This is the only time that God spoke, and it's not true. God still speaks to us. His voice, his guidance wasn't only for the prophets and the saints of old. No, it was for all. It was for all who would choose to follow him, who would choose to believe in him. And yes, even for those who are seeking after him like we are right now today, here on this date, August 12, 2018. Yes, God still speaks to each and every one of us, and we have that opportunity. God would speak to us, and when God speaks, it literally changes everything of that person's life for the good. For the good. The word may not always seem good, but if you follow God, it will always end up being what's very best for you. Last week, and I say last week, it was actually two weeks ago, but last week I, I had, uh, we had answered the question, we had answered the question, what qualifies us to, to hear God speak? What qualifies us to be able to hear God speak to us? And I come up with two uh, responses thus far, and week number one we talked about the way that you and I become qualified of hearing God's voice is being a sheep. Being a sheep, we talked about that. Being a sheep qualifies us to hear God. Now, uh, this is told over and over, multiple places within the Bible, within God's word, that God, is, Jesus is a shepherd and we are his sheep. There's that metaphor, and Jesus would use metaphors in order for us to understand life and to understand God and to understand maybe what God would be doing. So Jesus would use that. But he says these words, and again, I read it to you. I read it just a moment ago, but I read it again. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep... Hear my voice, that's us, 
my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they, us, follow him. So Jesus tells us that the sheep hear his voice. Uh, week number two, which was two weeks ago, or last week when I spoke, um, uh, week number two, the, what qualifies us to hear God is being a friend of God. Being a friend of God qualifies us to hear God's voice. And this is where I ran out of time last week. I had a three-point message two weeks ago, and I only got to one because of my, my uh, you know, jammer jawing and just wouldn't stop on one subject. So we're going to be picking it up from where I left off. But this is where I ran out of time a couple of weeks ago. So what I want to do this morning is I want to take a few moments, a few minutes with this important qualification of hearing God. We can hear God because we're a friend of God. And God is our friend as well. Let me remind you of who and what we're talking about here this morning. What we're talking about, listen, listen. We're talking about God. We're talking about the creator. We're talking about God himself, the creator and the created. It would almost seem impossible that there could be any relation in all of that. He is almighty God. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. Here is God and here we are, the created being. We're talking about God himself. And then there's mere mortal man. That's you. That's me. Mere mortal man. What we are talking about is hearing God speaking to us. Hearing God speak to us. Yes, it's true. God still does speak. And I know that probably in this room, the majority of us, in this, we believe that. We, we believe that God does speak. But I know that there's at least a handful. I know that there are a number of us in this room who maybe have never heard anything like this before. Or maybe some of us in this room are hearing things that could be, this could be God. This could be God in your life speaking to you. And we're trying to help you to identify that. We're trying to help you to get, get through all of that, that you would be able to understand. You need to know from the very beginning, all the way through to this very day, it's always been God. It's always been God who has taken the initiative, who has taken the initiative to, to the first steps, the very first steps for us to move toward God because he loves us. It was God who would initiate that. It was God who would initiate the fact that of moving toward us, making a way for us to get to him, reaching us and winning us over. It wasn't us moving toward God. It was God always moving toward us. In fact, not in your notes, but in 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love him because he first loved us, is what the Bible says. So it wasn't your good works or you being a, 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 a godly man or a godly woman that all of a sudden you discover God. No, no. God has been drawing you. God has been making things happen in and through your life that you would make you to come a little bit closer, a little bit closer until you finally come to know who he is. Would you give the Lord a round of applause? He's a good God. He's a good God. It's always been God first who's making a way for us to get to him because he is a good, good father. This is a five-week series, and we are at week three, and we're, we're dealing with hearing God in this series. Hearing God, and that means God wants to communicate with us personally. God wants to communicate with us personally. And it also means that God wants to communicate through us personally into the lives of others. You see, on God's side of things, things it's all about relationships. It's all about relationship between us and him, between us together and him. It's all about relationships. 
God is not mad at you. God does not want to condemn you to hell. God does not want you to feel, make you feel guilty about anything you've ever done. God doesn't want you to live a life filled with regrets. Actually, it's the exact opposite. Those are the exact opposite thoughts of really what God is doing and really what God wants to do. Why? Because he loves you. God loves you and I unconditionally. I don't know about your mess, but my mess was a bad mess. And God changed my life. And he doesn't hold that over me any longer. I'm free of that. You can be free of that as well. God accepts you and me the way that we are. The way that we are. Come as you are. Come as you are to God. And God wants you and I to become his friend. Let me prove it to you scripturally. In John chapter 15, verse 15. This is incredible. I love this verse. No longer, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Man, I, maybe you get it. Maybe you think you deserve to be a friend of God because of some great thing you've done, but Randy Chiz does it. It blows my mind. No longer, no longer do I um, call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. This is an incredible, incredible verse. Again, here is God through Jesus reaching out to us mere human beings and says, you're my friends. You're my friends. God's love and God's grace and God's compassion is over the top. It is over the top for you and me. Listen, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, God's love and grace and compassion is over the top for you. And right here in, in John chapter 15, Jesus is now just hours away from, from the cross. And it's like Jesus is saying his final words to his followers. The things that he believes are most important for them to hear. John 13, John 14, 15, 16, 17. All of that leading up to him on the cross. Those are just hours before the before Jesus is on the cross, and he's sharing with them the final words, and this is one of them. This is one of his final words before he dies on the cross. I want you to always know you and I are friends, God says. And you may not feel like a friend because of last night or last week, but you're friends of God, and he wants you to know that not only are, is he your friend, but you are his friend as well. Remember, it's all about relationships when it comes to God. All about relationships. Jesus is assuring his disciples in this verse that you are my friends and we have a relationship. A relationship. You're not my slaves. In other words, he says here, says in the verse, a slave has, has no relationship with his master. A, a, a master will not sit down and talk as a friend with his slave. It just doesn't work that way. He says, you are not my slaves. But God is saying to them then and God is saying to us today right now, we're his friends. We are his friends. And the proof of this friendship, Jesus says, is, as a friend, is that I've told you everything that I was supposed to tell you. Everything the Father wanted me to tell you, I have told you. And that, that's at the end of that verse. I read it to you again. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you, is what Jesus said. That was the qualifier. That's what proved to them, is proving to them at that moment that, that we are friends, that we are friends. Jesus says, I've come that you might have a right relationship with the Father. And part of that relationship is communication. 
Could you possibly have a relationship with somebody and never say a word to them, never talk to them? It's got to be part of that relationship is communication. And the other part of that relationship is friendship. To be a friend, to be a friend. I have come that you might have a right relationship with the Father. Again, think this through with me. Over and over, God's love and compassion and grace is over the top for us. We don't deserve any of this. But that's how God is instituting. Three things. I want to share with you three things, being a friend, friend with God, what it means, what it looks like. Step number one, we talked about this last week. I'm not going to speak about it at all today. God doesn't speak to computers. One of the things that we can do in, in order to be a friend with God is to realize God doesn't speak to computers. Get the podcast. I'm not going to say another word about it. Let's go to point number two. Point number two is God speaks to people. God speaks to people. He doesn't speak to computers. God speaks to people. He speaks to people. And I know that this sounds like an elementary statement, and it, 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 it is, but I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you on how to learn to hear God, how to hear his voice, how to respond to God when he is speaking to you and I. So God speaks to people all through the Bible, all through the, through the Bible. God spoke uh, to people. Uh, from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, the Bible tells us that in the cool of the day, in the cool of the day that God would come and speak with them. God would speak to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac and Jacob and Noah and Moses and Joshua. All of the characters that you find within the, the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament alike, God would speak to them. God spoke to Deborah, to Esther, to Ruth in the Old Testament. We, we find in the New Testament that God would speak to Peter and James and John and Luke and Matthew. He spoke to Paul and he spoke to Mark. He even spoke to a guy by the name of Cornelius. Do you know who Cornelius was? Cornelius was a guy who had a heart for God, but hadn't yet committed his life to God, and God made himself known by speaking to him. It was an incredible story. You can read it on your own sometime. God speaks to people, and the Bible proves that to us. And what blows my mind? What blows my mind? And I said this, some of this in week one. There are entire persuasions of theological thought that teach and declare that God doesn't speak anymore. Yes, God did speak. He did speak back then, but God doesn't speak now. God doesn't speak anymore. They declare that since, since the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost some 2,000 years ago, and since the completion of the Bible being written, there, there are these, these persuasions of theological thought who just say God does not speak. You're one of those crazy people if you believe that God is speaking because God doesn't speak any longer. Now let me ask you, why would we think, why would we think that the indwelling Holy Spirit, why would we think that the indwelling Holy Spirit, that the indwelling Holy Spirit would speak less to people now in these days than he spoke to people in Bible days? Why would we even think that? Why would we have that? Why would we think that God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us which is exactly what the Word of God says, and yet have him be nothing but mute. That he would never speak to you. He would never tell you anything. It's like, it's like they're saying, it's like God has said, now, you can't talk to them because I wrote a book. You can't talk to them because I wrote a book. And that's really what they're saying. That's what they say, because God wrote the Bible, because God wrote the book, he doesn't speak to anybody any longer. 
God doesn't speak is what they say. And if that's the case, then I assume the Holy Spirit is up in heaven and he is pacing back and forth because he knows the decisions that you're about ready to make. And even though you've got a Bible and you're not really following after the Bible, he's about ready to burst. He's got to say something. That's what they say. That's the way that you and I can see the Holy Spirit. That's the way that, that it seems to be happening. The, the, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you and he's not allowed to speak to us. He's not allowed to speak to us. All I know, all that I know is on the worst day of my life, September 4th, 2016, the worst day of my life. On that day, my oldest son, Jeremy, died of a massive heart attack at 40 years old. And he died before my very eyes, before my wife and our kids who were there. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit speaking to me, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit helping me and Marianne and my kids and our family, and some of you who knew Jer so well, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit speaking us through, I don't know where I would be today. I, I just don't know. It was my greatest fear that came to, to pass. And I watched it. And I was there when it was happening. Without the Holy Spirit speaking deep into my soul. Did you hear what I said? Without the Holy Spirit speaking, speaking deep to my soul during those moments, during those days, during that time. And revealing to me through the truth of God's word what we can anticipate and what we can believe. And maybe the whys and wherefores behind why some things happen. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I honestly, sincerely say to you, I don't know where I'd be right now. I just don't know where I would be right now. And all of what they say is the exact opposite of what God says. Don't fall for it, man. I mean, if you want to believe that God doesn't speak, that's your choice. But it's not true. I'm telling you, it is not true. God still speaks to us. And he wants to speak to you today as well as he wants to speak to me. All of what they say is the exact opposite of what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit is going to continue to speak to us. Go with me to John chapter 16, verse 12. Listen to what the Son of God says. Jesus says, there is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Jesus is talking about the, the work of God that will be done after he's gone, after he's not only died and rose from the dead, but after he's ascended and he's into heaven. Jesus is talking about there's more that needs to come your way. You need to hear more. You're going to be hearing more. There's so much I want to tell you, but you can't bear it. Now go with me to verse 13. This is a mind boggler to me. This is incredible. This is wonderful. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. Listen, but whatever he hears, look at those words. He will speak. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And listen, and he will tell you. He will tell you. He will tell you. He will tell you. Generations past, generations to come. Should Jesus, Jesus Terry, he will tell you the things to come. Is exactly what the scripture says. Many things I need to tell you. And then he, Jesus says, and he will tell you things to come, which is the exact opposite of what they were saying of what they believe. So who's going to speak to you? What's his name? The Holy Spirit. 
Who's going to tell you the things to come? What's his name? The Holy Spirit is going to do that. God did not, speaking, did not stop speaking 2,000 years ago. He did not just stop doing that. I believe a lot of people think that the way God spoke in Bible days is different than the way that God speaks today. I believe that a majority of believers have the default that God doesn't speak. The only way God speaks would be audibly, would be with a thunder coming from heaven rather than the whispers and the things that are planted into our heart and into our spirit, into our soul, into our mind that would come from God. The book of Hebrews, <clears throat> chapter 11, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, says these words. This book, by the way, it's, it is... Um, it is known as the Hall of Faith. This particular chapter, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, is known as the Hall of Faith. And it names many heroes in the faith who heard God say something. Who heard God tell them to do this or to go there. And then by faith they would do that. And according to this particular chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, they were accredited with, by doing that with faith. They did it with faith. They would do that. So let me read you one example, Hebrews 11:8, and it says, By faith, Abraham, uh, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. He went out without knowing where he was going. The Bible names many others besides uh, Abraham that by faith there's Moses, Abel, Enoch, uh, there's Noah and Isaac, and Jacob. the list is long. There's, there's a lot on that list. A lot of people, a lot of people tend to believe that in the Bible days that God only spoke with a strong, audible voice. A lot of people believe that. And because you believe that, because you may believe that, the whispers that you hear, the, the, the impressions that God lays on you, the things that you just feel you should do, take, go home the throughway today. I mean, that's weird. <laughs> but it was exactly what God wanted me to do because he knew that there were women praying for something to happen, and it just, I got to do it. It was my opportunity, and I thank God for that. But a lot of people tend to believe that unless it's a strong voice, an audible voice, it just not, may not be God. And I want to submit to you this morning that if it, was God, if, if, uh, if it was God speaking back then with a strong voice or even in an audible voice from heaven, and I'm not saying that God can't. God can speak with a strong voice, with an audible voice if he wants. But listen. If it was such a strong voice, if it was such a strong voice, if it was a thundering voice coming from heaven as he was giving commands, giving direction, giving insight, making decisions for people, why, is it, why was it done by faith then? If it was that clear of a voice, if it was that strong of a voice, then why was it done by faith? If back then God would say, listen to me. Didn't that sound like God? I mean, that, that sounded like God. <clears throat> if God said, listen to me, and many think that's the only way that God spoke, in, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I think that what we should say is by fear. By fear, not by faith. If God had that voice, you know, thundering out, listen to me, then I would think that it would be by fear and not by faith that they would respond. Why? Because a booming voice, a, boom, a booming voice uh, of God would fill us with fear and we would run to do whatever it is that God would tell us to do. We all know that God can do that. He can talk with that thunderous voice from heaven. He can do whatever he wants, but he does that seldom. You find only a couple of times. We're going to find toward the end, 
The book of Revelation, you're going to find a lot of times that God is going to boom in his voice. But right now, up until this time, it's not been that way. It's not been the way that many people think. So let me ask you a question, but what if? What if they heard? What if all of those in the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, what about all of those who, who, uh, are, who have gone on before us? What if all of those had heard God with spiritual ears instead of natural ears, just like you and I are able to hear God right now? Listen, my friend, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I want to give you hope. You can hear God. And God has spoken to you. As a believer, as a son or a daughter of God, he has spoken to you. He would want to give you direction. He would want to tell you that he loves you. He would want to tell you that he he has a plan for your life. He would speak to you most intimately, most powerfully. It's not that he's bringing rebuke against you. It's not that he's mad at you and he hates you. I've already discussed that. The fact of the matter is, is that God wants to speak to you. And I want you to have hope. You don't have to wait for the thundering voices. You can just have it. All of a sudden, something comes inside of you. Maybe something even happened this morning. Maybe something will happen as you leave out of here today. That you'll just hear God. I want to forewarn every one of you. I pray for you daily that God would help you to hear his voice. And he's going to speak to you. That's not a warning because it's a bad thing. It's a warning because get ready. I think God's about to do something really great among us. God is looking to do that. So maybe a good example of that as I close off is this guy by the name of Gideon. Gideon. God showed up on site after, uh, after Gideon had been chosen by God to do something amazing. In Judges chapter 6, verse 12, listen to this. It says these words, uh, Judges 6, verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is God. This is declaring. Uh, most theologians believe that who's speaking to Gideon is God himself at this point. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Let me give you the scene. Let me help you to see what's going on at this moment when this is written. The Midianites are vicious and they're a vile group of people. The children of Israel have done evil before God and now for the last seven years they've been delivered into the hands of the Midianites. The Bible tells us, the scripture declares, the number of the Midianites and the camels were without number. There were hundreds of thousands of them. Hundreds of thousands of the Midianites, camels, and all of that stuff that were there at this particular time. It's been seven years. In these seven years, the Jews have been living in caves and dens in the mountains. The children of Israel would begin to cry out to God for deliverance. They would repent before God, and God would all of a sudden show up on the scene. And here in Judges chapter 6 is when God shows up. God shows up on the scene. And again, he says these words, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, the truth of the matter is, basically, when God says those words to Gideon, Gideon is known as hiding, has been known as hiding in a wine press. He was hiding in fear. And I don't know what you think, but if God is going to say something like a mighty, mighty uh, uh, man of valor, uh, I don't think hiding in a wine press is all that impressive. You know, can I tell you up front something that you need to hear today as God speaks to you and you immediately feel disqualified? I want to tell you that, that uh, right up front, when God looks at a man or a woman, he doesn't see them as they are in that moment. Let me say it again. Let this rattle, uh, settle in your heart. When God speaks to a man or a woman, he doesn't see them as they are in that moment. God also sees him for what he can become. 
And God also sees her for what she can become, male or female. The God of heaven who desperately loves you. The God of heaven who desperately loves you has a purpose and plan for your life. God doesn't see you only as you are today and the situations that you're dealing with and the life that you're living right now that is a bit overwhelming, that's putting some fear and doubt and concern in your life. God doesn't only see you where you are today in that situation. God can also see clearly who you can become. And he has a plan for you in that. But you need to stay connected to God for that to be fulfilled. You can't have God speak to you and then go off and live life as you want. You and I need to continue to do our best, whatever that would look like, to continue to follow after God, to stay connected to God. In Judges chapter 6, verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said to him, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Mennonites. Have I, have I not sent you? Immediately, Gideon responds to God. God is speaking to him right now. This is crazy. And, and, uh, and Gideon responds and says, How can this be? I am the weakest and the least in my family. I, this isn't God. This isn't the way it can be. How can this be? I'm the weakest and the least. And then God responds back to him in verse 16. And the Lord said to him, and the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, that's what Gideon is saying. Are you joking? Who are you anyhow? What are you trying to tell me? Is this something real? And what Gideon would do is time after time, there would be these, these fleeces. There would be these, these ways of proving of God proving to himself, uh, to, to uh, Gideon, that he is who he truly is. Time after time. And finally the last sign came. The proof, the proof positive sign came that it was God who was speaking to him. And it wasn't some crazy person speaking to him or hearing crazy voices. The fact of the matter was it was God who was speaking to him. The sign of the sign that was proof positive was the sign of the fleece. You can read this on your own, but in Judges 6, 36 through 40, read it on your own. The fleece deal was the big deal. It was the final capper. It was what got Gideon to believe that this is God who is speaking to me right now. Again, you can look that up on your own at another time. Gideon asked for those signs to be sure so that he was sure. So that he was sure that what he was hearing was really the voice of God. And let me prove it to you. In Judges chapter 6 verse 17. And then he said to him, said to God, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talked to me. That it is you who talked with me. Is what he says. It is you who has talked with me. If God always had this big, booming voice, then why would Gideon even doubt? If all of a sudden God spoke with this big, booming voice, why would Gideon even doubt? Listen closely as I close off. I believe that every person that ever hears God or has heard the voice of God, you need to move in faith. You need to move in faith. When God speaks to you, you're going to have to move in faith. This is a true story. On September 27, 1987, a Sunday morning, I heard God's voice audibly. I heard God's voice literally. And no one else in the room heard it but me. I was youth pastor of this church, and I was going in, just about to complete my seventh year and in October, I would be at eight years as youth pastor at Baldensville Assembly of God. I can tell you exactly where I was 
in what was going on on that particular day. I'm preaching on that Sunday, that Sunday, September 27, 1987. And immediately following the message, I'm going to resign to the church. I will no longer be their youth pastor. That I'm resigning, and in 30 days following, we're going to head off, my family and I are going to head off to West Point, and we're going to end up being there for five years, be a chaplain at West Point, as well as planting a church in Highland Falls, New York. We're on the school side. This building hadn't been built into, since 2004. So we're on the school side of all of this. And this, again, is, this is back in 1987. It's a number of years ago. I can remember, I can remember every bit of that. And uh, I can tell you exactly where I was sitting. If you were, to, if, if this was, if you were the front stage of the, of the, of the uh, chapel, um, there are two beams in there, two different posts that stick up. And they hold up the balcony. And I was sitting... I was sitting on the right side, looking at the stage. I was sitting on the right side, uh, and the beam is right in front of my face. And so, um, I mean, I got room, but it's right there, right in front of my face. And uh, Dan Rott introduces me and says to everybody that uh, we're going to have Randy speak today. So would you, uh, would you mind just giving him a round of applause as he comes up and gets ready to speak? And so all of a sudden, uh, that happens, and as he introduces me, I grab hold of the beam that, that post that's there, still there right now. And just about every time I go into that room, I think about what God did to me there. I grabbed the hold of that post and I stood to my feet and I heard these words in an audible voice. I heard God say, go forth, O mighty man of valor. Go forth, O mighty man of valor. Um, Bob Witten used to attend our church at that time and he sat right behind me. I'm sitting in front of the beam, and Bob Witten is behind me. And I, I stand to my feet, go forth, almighty man of valor. And I turn to Bob, and I say, what did you say? And he said, I didn't say anything. What, what are you talking about? And I realized it was God. I heard crystal clear, go forth, almighty man of valor. I was shocked by the words that were said. I was, I was shocked by the commanding tone that I heard it in. I was shocked by the clarity of that word. And I knew that something like that was mighty man of valor. I knew something like that was said in the Bible, but I really didn't know where. I think it was in Abraham, I think it was in Joshua, the book of Joshua, or something like that. I mean, this is 31 years ago, everybody, so be patient with me. I, I just couldn't remember where I heard those words before. And after hearing that, those words, I wasn't sure what it meant, mighty man of valor. So I looked it up. And when I looked it up, it says, you, you are tall, dark, and handsome. what the Bible says. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm just kidding with you. Listen to what it really means, biblically speaking. Before God, those men or women of valor have at least three distinct characteristics, strength, courage, and passion. Strength, courage, and passion. And like Gideon, when I was reading into this and figuring out what God had said to me, go forth, almighty man of valor. When I was reading into this, I was like Gideon, and I said, God, are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, I need a confirmation, just like Gideon needed a confirmation. I need a confirmation because I don't see myself as someone with strength or with courage or with passion. I just don't think I'm that guy. But remember, God sees us for what we can become. Did you hear me? God sees us for what we can become because at that moment, I didn't feel that I was that at all. I was rather scared with the major decision of my life to go to West Point to do what I was going to do. I believe every person that has ever 
ever heard or does hear the voice of God, they need to move forward in faith to believe God for that. Now, I said all of that because, because I believe that means even for all of those who, do, who call Word of Life their home church, every one of us, that throughout 2018 and 19, that we would draw closer to God than ever before. I am believing God for that. I am believing that we are on a mission to know God better, to hear His voice, to be led and directed by Him, that God would speak to each of us so that we would make a difference in the lives of other people that we know and love. When we hear God speak to us, let us move in faith towards what it is that God's telling us to do, just like they did in, in Hebrews chapter 11. Why don't we do the same thing? Why don't we, as soon as we hear God, begin to move in faith, begin to decide, I'm going to follow God as he leads me, as we see in Hebrews 11.8. Abraham, by faith, went out um, when God called him to go out, not knowing where he was going. And I know that sounds a bit crazy, and it is, but that's what happens when God speaks to us. It sounds crazy. A mighty man of valor, I am not a mighty man of valor. I still don't feel like I'm some mighty man of valor at all. But if God's spoken to me, then I have to believe that that's his plan for my life. And I need to continue as I'm moving forward in that. Whatever it may be for you, the same thing. Whenever God speaks to us, we need to follow what he says. My last and final point is God speaks to friends. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Please understand. We must understand. Please understand that God wants to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. In other words, the, the, if you don't allow him to do that, if you don't hang on to that, the only time you're going to communicate with God is when you're in trouble or when you have a big decision to make. And God does want to help us. God does want to help us in our times of trouble when we're making a decision. But more than that, than just helping us, he wants to speak to you as a friend. Remember, it's all about relationships. He wants to speak to you every day, every day. Not only because he loves you, but he wants to speak to you because he likes you. He likes you as well. I know we all in this room have friends. Thank God for the friends that we have. But I'm here to tell you today, think of your best friend right now. Get that person's image, that, that person in your mind right now. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's just a good friend. Maybe it's a, a parent or a grandparent, aunt or uncle. Maybe it's a sibling, a, a, a guy friend, a girlfriend. Whoever that person is in your mind right now, I'm telling you this. Jesus is and always will be a better friend to you than even your very best friend you have right now. Jesus is and always will be a better friend to you. Because this is what I know for sure. In John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love. Greater love uh, no, has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for a friend. Jesus loves you so much, such a friend of yours. He went to the cross and he died for you. No one else has done that. More than likely, no one else has died for you. Like Jesus died for you. He laid down his life for your sin and my sin so that we can forever be with God in this place called heaven. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men. What God has in store for those who love him. He loves you that much. And it all begins with you today deciding I want to become a friend of God. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? This morning, I want to challenge you. 
that you would make a move toward Jesus as maybe never before. <clears throat> maybe years ago you did and you walked away in your back. You're here checking it out, maybe just a tug in your heart. Maybe it was God who whispered to you in the night, go back to church. However it may be, my friend, the answer to your life is not Word of Life Assembly of God Church. Certainly isn't me or anyone else in this church. It's God. It's Jesus. He's your friend. He's told you everything that you need to know. He's told you everything so that you would understand. This is the real deal. This is not some game. This is not a gimmick. This is not religion. It's a relationship. He loves you. We're going to do our last and final song. If I could have our intercessors please make their way down front. The way we do it here at Word of Life, please keep your heads bowed and eyes closed just because I want this to be a private moment. It's okay. Um, we're going we to do our last and final song, and then we're going to release you. But while that song is being played, we want you, if you have a need in your life of anything at all, financial, physical, relational, what, whatever the need may be, we want to pray for you. This team has been in the back room praying since the service began so that God would move in your life today when you would come down for prayer. So while the song is going to be played, I want you to consider coming down and let them pray over you. It'll only take a moment. You don't need to be a member to have somebody pray over you at Word of Life. You're welcome to do that. But there are some of you that need to make a decision for Jesus. So Father, I pray for every person that as we go into this conclusion, our final song, our final worship song, I pray that God, you will just stir our hearts. For those who have not yet committed their life to Christ who are ready to recommit, I pray your blessing and grace on every one of them in Jesus' name. Would you all please stand to your feet as we sing this last and final song?